Hello, everyone, and welcome into the second ever episode of the Boston Sports Stats and Stuff podcast. Today, we are going to be going over week two, recapping all the games and also previewing the Monday night football game tonight between the Lions and the Packers. It's going to be an interesting one, and we'll go over everything that happened during the Thursday night football game and 14 of the NFL games that happened on Sunday, including the Chiefs and Ravens one, in which the Ravens pulled out a shocker. Yes, they pulled the rabbit out of the hat. We'll go over all those games in a very, very exciting week two of the 2021 NFL season, as we will start with the 1 o'clock games. And to start it off, we will go with the Patriots and the Jets. It was a good one there for the Pats. They took the victory. Uh, final score was 22-6. to And quite frankly, it, or excuse me, 25-6. to And quite frankly, it was really never even close. I mean, they just really decimated the, Brown, or the Jets from the start. Sam Darnold threw, or excuse me, Zach Wilson. I'm thinking of Sam Darnold because he also threw four picks against the Patriots. Zach Wilson threw four picks against the Patriots' defense, which can be very, very intimidating when you see him in person. I mean, those guys are all over the field. They're like the Saints' defense. They can get all over you at times and make plays all over the field. Yes, you did not hear me wrong. Four picks for Zach Wilson, not a single touchdown, and he had only 19 completed passes out of 33, 210 passing yards. But uh, the biggest... uh, the biggest one of uh, uh, those throws was really, uh, you know, one that he had uh, early on in the game uh, where he threw, like, a, I believe it was like a 37-yard pass. And uh, other than that, really, he did not have a huge game. Uh, Corey Davis, who really well, I thought was going to have a good game in this one, did not whatsoever. Uh, only eight yards on two receptions. And Sam, or excuse me, Zach Wilson was really, really bad. I mean, those four picks really killed him. It brought flashbacks back to Sam Darnold days in New York where he also threw four picks against the Pats defense and said, I'm seeing ghosts on live TV uh, on ESPN. And Kyle Vandal, who did not play in this game, uh, was injured. He So he had the uh, day off, essentially. He tweeted, um, seeing ghosts again to Sam Dar- or about Sam Darnold and now Zach Wilson carrying the tradition. And uh, he did say that he did not see any ghosts. So that's a good sign for the Jets. But, I mean, uh, head coach uh, Robert Salas said it all. I mean, the guy's got to slow down. It's not college football where you can just throw it up and you got speedy receivers against schools that are really shouldn't even be playing you. And, you're, you know, you, got, you could just throw it up, hope for a prayer, and it's going to be a touchdown or a, a long catch most plays. You can't do that in the NFL, especially against the Pats defense. And he learned it the hard way. Five interceptions in his first two games. Him and Trevor Lawrence, who we'll get to later, both have five picks through their first two games uh, now. So that's very disappointing. And Zach Wilson, really, what the problem was, was he was just too antsy up there. You know, he was trying to make things happen. People say, oh, the the Jets' offensive line is no good. It really wasn't bad in this game. Zach Wilson, you know, he was pressured a few times here and there. Uh, but I don't believe that the Patriots had a uh, – they had only two – they they had four stacks of him the whole game. And that's not terribly bad for, um, you know, what it could have been with that Jets offensive line. So what I'm saying here is that the Jets offensive line, as much as it is a problem for them, it was more Zach Wilson just being 
terrible the whole game. I mean, this one's on Zach Wilson, and he needs to take this and learn from it, just as Trevor Lawrence will and all the rookie QBs will. Not a single rookie QB goes out there and is and is throwing no uh, interceptions in his first, you know, 10 games. He's going to have mistakes. And what we saw here was him just trying to make plays happen downfield, and, and Robert Sala said it best. It's okay to play boring football. That's what he said. And that's so true. It's okay to be doing the dink and dunk, which is exactly what the Patriots did. The Patriots executed that perfectly with Mac Jones. Mac Jones finished the day 22 of 30, 186 passing yards, zero TDs, but also zero interceptions. He has yet to make a turnover in his first two games. However, he only has one touchdown, but that's okay. The Patriots are leaning on a conservative approach with Mac Jones. They're not trying to make big plays downfield. And the guy, bottom line, isn't going to have 400, uh, you know, 400 passing yards a game and five TDs like Brady is over in Tampa. What they're doing with him is they're saying, here, Mac Jones, we're going to start you off like we did Tom Brady. We want the dink and dunk, which is what the Patriots were so good at for all those years. As much as people look at the Brady and they say, oh, you know, he can make plays and he can do this and that. Brady isn't all about the deep ball. What we're seeing in Tampa is that coming to life because really they have playmakers down there in Tampa. The Patriots don't have those kind of playmakers in New England. But the bottom line is they don't need those kind of guys. Matt Jones with the dink and dunk looked good. He was very, very well um, executing plays down the stretch. He was making important plays. They got to work on, you know, capping off drives as much as he makes plays down the stretch. He seems to struggle uh, right at the end to just cap it off, but they'll work on that. You know, they settled for a few field goals, and Nick Folk, by the way, was tremendous. Uh, he's now only eight field goals shy of uh, the uh, record 41 straight made field goals. He is 33 right now. He's been looking nasty for the Patriots. But Mac Jones, the dink and dunk worked, and they got big plays. Uh, James White had six receptions, 45 yards. He was the leading receiver. Hunter Henry, two receptions, 42 yards. Johnny Smith, four for 28. Myers, four for 38. I mean, Nelson Aguilar, three receptions, 21 yards. Guys didn't have to be incredible. You know, they really didn't have to be. And that was the bottom line. Damian Harris, 16 carries, 62 yards. Okay, uh, one touchdown. James uh, James White, you know, five carries, uh, 20 yards, one touchdown. That's pretty good for him, you know, getting in there in the passing games. James White looked pretty good. And so bottom line is the Patriots don't have to run this fast-paced offense that is making big plays downfield and that's what we saw and they dominated the Jets in the first half they outscored them 13 to 3 and in the second half 12 to 3 it was just an all-around domination of the Jets who right now are struggling and it looks like they're going to be on the same trajectory that they were last week and and bottom line the Patriots looked really really good they made big plays when they needed to and uh Zach Wilson uh, whether he said he did or not it looked like he saw ghosts so I mean, that was a good sign for Pats fans. Jets fans, I wouldn't worry so much about Zach Wilson. I think he'll get the hang of it, but this one definitely is on him. And the second game we will go to is Raiders and Steelers. Uh, TJ Watt was out of the game, but I believe uh, the word received that he was all right. Uh, the Raiders won that one 16, or 26 rather, to 17. Uh, they outscored him in the second half 17 to 10 and took the game. Derek Carr, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. He only has one interception through those first two games, and four TDs, 382 passing yards. I'm telling you, Derek Carr is so underrated. He's going to make the Pro Bowl again this year, and he's probably going to be in there for MVP if everything was right and the media wasn't biased to other guys because Derek Carr deserves to be in there. 
Henry Ruggs III, who sat on the bench in my fantasy team, had five receptions, 113 yards, one TD. Then there was Darren, Darren Waller with five receptions for 65 yards. Hunter Renfro looked good. Everybody was putting in effort, and they didn't have Josh Jacobs. This team's nasty. If Josh Jacobs comes back uh, really healthy, continues to play well, this Raiders team, despite their tough schedule, could very well contend for the playoffs this year. I really do believe that they could be a playoff team this this year if Derek Carr continues to play at the level he's at. He's the only quarterback who has more than 800 passing yards. He has like 914, I believe, or something like that. Definitely has over 900, but he's the only one with even over 800. The guy is nasty. I really love what he's doing right now for that team. And now we will go to the... Let's see the San Francisco 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles. San Fran did, in fact, get the victory. Last week, they allowed the Lions to come back, and the Lions almost won that game. That was a very, very close one. In fact, the Lions outscored them in the fourth quarter 16-3, to but it didn't matter. San Fran used a huge 24-point second quarter to take the victory in that one. And this one, well, the bottom line was they outscored them. 17 to 11. They didn't need to play and have the best offense. They just needed to outscore him, and that's what they did. Jimmy G, one TD, 189 yards, 22 of 30. It was pretty much a Patriots. It was pretty much what the Patriots did with, um, uh, excuse me, with, um, what's his name, Mac Jones, you know? they There weren't huge, huge plays. I mean, DBO Samuel, six receptions, 93 yards. George Kittle was lacking, uh, you know, any sort of flair here and there, only four receptions, 17 yards. He was really, uh, re- really lacking any sort of good play that we could see from him, but he'll, he'll catch on down the stretch. Jalen Hurts, 190 yards, 12 of 23, no TDs, no interceptions. I mean, they didn't really do anything offensively other than uh, Quez Watkins, who had two receptions, 117 yards. They didn't really do much offensively. He accounts for more than like almost two thirds of the, that offense. Watkins does. They didn't do much. They ran the ball all right, I guess. Jalen Hurts, 10 carries, 82 yards. That's pretty nasty. One TD, but I mean, it wasn't an explosive offense, and we don't expect it to be. But if the Eagles can stay in contention, that they can make things happen if they, if they, uh, you know, can put together good football games and they can hold for some Cowboy losses. So you never know. A lot of people count them out, but. But it just takes a few mistakes in games for them to get in there. Another game from Sunday was the Texans and the Browns game. The Browns did hold on to win. Uh, they outscored the Texans in the second quarter 17-7, to and they won that game. Tyrod Taylor looked pretty good for the Texans. 10 of 11, 125 yards, one touchdown, but he could not stay in the whole game. He got injured. Davis Mills came in 8 of 18, 102 yards, one TD, one interception, and that was the bottom line of why they lost. The Cleveland Browns looked all right. I mean, they scored 31 points, one touchdown, one interception for Baker Mayfield, 19-21, 213 yards. Nick Chubb, as always, nasty, explosive, exciting, 11 carries, 95 yards. That's an average of almost nine. One touchdown, another touchdown for Mayfield rushing, uh, a touchdown for Andy uh, Jonovich, and overall they look pretty good. So I'm excited about what the Browns are putting together down there. I think they could really win that division this year. 
Broncos and Jaguars. Well, the Broncos are off to a 2-0 start, which is better than the Chiefs, so I guess that's a good thing for them. Bridgewater was nasty. I've saying nasty a lot in this podcast. Two touchdowns, 328 passing yards, 26 of 34. I'm telling you what, Carolina got rid of him, and it might be for the better for them, but the Broncos are sure making good use out of him. Melvin Gordon wasn't insane in this game, rushing the ball 13 carries, 31 yards, so he wasn't insane but Cortland Sutton nine receptions 159 yards Melvin Gordon did uh come up with two receptions for 38 yards and overall with the with the uh Jaguars Trevor Lawrence didn't look good at all now nah, I mean just a really bad game I almost said nasty again he was terrible he was downright terrible 14 of 33 118 yards one touchdown two picks I mean he almost had a worse game than than um Zach Wilson did because he was 14 of 33 I mean, those four picks kill you, but he, he was pretty bad. I mean, he did have the touchdown, so I guess you could say he had a better game than Wilson did, but, but he wasn't good at all. He really wasn't. And that's that's your welcome to the NFL moment right there. He was he was terrible. Saints and Panthers, what an upset. The Panthers pulled it off. They pulled the rabbit out of a hat. Sam Darnold, 305 passing yards, two touchdowns, one interception, 26 of 38. Christian McCaffrey, CMC. 24 carries, 72 yards, three uh, runs average on the rush, uh, every rush, and he had one touchdown. He was pretty good. DJ Moore, eight receptions, 79 yards. He fueled their offensive. For the Saints, there was nothing. Jameis Winston, 11 of 22, 111 yards, two interceptions, no touchdowns. That's the thing with Jameis. He's got to be sustainable throughout the season for them to win games, and he was not consistent in this one. Overall, they didn't have any offense, really. The rushing game wasn't really there. Alvin Kamara, eight carries, five yards. I mean, what is that? You know? They had nothing. I mean, they really had absolutely nothing. Eight carries, five yards. That's that's what Alvin Kamara had, and that's why they have seven points. Panthers pulled it out of half there, 2-0. Two, two oh. How about this one? Rams and Colts. I love this game. Carson Wentz, though, oh, my, two ankle sprains. He's going to be out for a little while. Oh, that one hurts. He was pretty good, too. He was looking well. They were doing their best, but he, he, he was too wild at the end. As for the Rams, Matthew Stafford, 19 of 30, 278 yards, two TDs, one interception. He finally has an offense. And how about Sony Michelle? The Patriots had him. They traded him away, and look what he's doing. 10 carries, 46 yards. Pretty good. They have no Cam Akers, but they're still going to be in their first Super Bowl. They're going to be contending. I'm telling you, they're winning that division this year. I really do see a Cooper Cup. 36.8 fantasy points, I believe, is what he had. Nine receptions, 163 yards, averaging 18 yards per catch. And he had two TDs. He leads the NFL in yards after the catch. He is in Incredible, and he did it again. What a game from him. Now, Bills and Dolphins. The Bills smoked the Dolphins behind. 35-0. to zero. Josh Allen wasn't incredible, but he got the job done. 17-33, 179 yards, two TDs, one interception. Stephon Diggs, four receptions, 60 yards. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's not, you know, overwhelming but but uh you know hey they they got the job done and uh 
Well, the Dolphins scored zero points, and Jacoby Brissett had to come in and take over. He was actually not bad, he, but he did throw a pick. He had 169 pass yards. He was 24-40, and uh, yeah, there wasn't much they can do. That was pretty much it. Now we will move on back to the Thursday game. We'll go over that one now. The Giants fell to Washington. I'm telling you, Rex Ryan, I agree with the man on many things. I like him. I like what he has to say on Get Up. I love him on the show. But this man was wrong. The Giants don't have a Daniel Jones problem. I'm saying it right now. Daniel Jones is not the best quarterback in the league. He's not a top 10 quarterback. He's not a top 15 quarterback. He's probably somewhere in the 20... to 23 range, let's say. I had a long pause there. I had to think, guys. I had to think. He's probably somewhere in the 20 to 23 range. But this season, he's been lighting it up. He is a top 15 quarterback so far. And I don't regret that. The man has a touchdown, no picks, and he's thrown over 500 yards passing. So I do not regret saying that he has been a top 15 quarterback. It's only two weeks. But they don't have a Daniel Jones problem. What they have is an offensive problem from their offensive line. They have the stupidest play calling in all of the NFL. They talked about this on Get Up. Their play calling is so obvious and it's so bad. That you know what's coming. You literally know what's coming. It's so bad that every defense knows what's about to happen. Somehow Washington gave them 29 points. The, the play calling is terrible. But not only that, their offense is atrocious with that offensive line. That offensive line is garbage. They make Saquon Barkley look like an average running back. And Saquon's incredible. Saquon only had 13 carries, 57 yards. Daniel Jones looked nice. Nine carries, 95 yards, one TD rushing. And he dropped a bomb. So I believe it was Darius Slayton who dropped the ball in the end zone wide open. Daniel Jones is not the problem this year. The problem is your offensive line and your coaching, which is so bad. It is beyond me that I am it's beyond me that I'm even getting mad about the Giants. Because I have plenty of friends who love the Giants, but I don't give I I don't I don't care about the Giants. But I care about Daniel Jones. Because last year Danny Dimes wasn't great. But this year, get this man an offensive line. I mean, seriously, Kenny Galladay didn't wasn't insane, and that might have been the difference. But get him an offensive line. Seriously, Washington was nasty. Heineke, thirty-four, forty-six, three hundred thirty-six yards, two TDs, one interception. One of the better performances of this week. Terry McLaurin, eleven receptions, one hundred seven yards, one TD. They played well. Washington did did okay. They definitely were okay, and they got the win in that one. 
30-29. Here's another uh, pretty close game. The Bears edged out the Bengals 20-17. to Joe Burrow, three picks, man. That was the killer for them. And the Bears, Andy Dalton got injured. And I'm telling you, this might be the best thing for Nat Maggie is Andy Dalton getting injured. So far, they came back with the, uh, the MRI, and they said that uh, Andy Dalton is going to remain the starter if he's healthy. He did avoid an ACL tear. But I'm telling you, Matt Nagy, if Andy Dalton isn't healthy and Justin Fields starts and he plays well, do not put Andy Dalton in there the following week. And if Andy Dalton's healthy, don't play him another game. Don't do it, Andy. Andy uh, don't do it. Don't make red-haired Andy have to see that football field again this year. Please, Matt Nagy. Dear every single Chicago Bears fan out there, nobody wants Andy Dalton to start, and that's just the bottom line. Sure, Fields wasn't great. He was 6-13, 60 yards, one reception. He wasn't great. He was not good. But the Bears got the job done, and you got to give this man another shot. you got to give him a shot. Don't let it be a Josh Rosen situation, Matt Nagy, or the whole league is going to hate you. How about a game that wasn't close? The Buccaneers and the Falcons. The Buccaneers, man, they outscored them in the fourth quarter. 20 to nothing. 20 to nothing. And that was the kicker. It was literally 28 to 25. And the Buccaneers said, here we go, 20 point. 20 point spot in the fourth quarter. And that was the killer. How about this? Brady was nasty. And I don't know why my stupid... Stupid laptop just did what it did. 276 yards of passing. How about this? Five touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, that was pretty good. I really liked Rob Gronkowski, though. He had two touchdowns. So did Mike Evans. Chris Godwin had one of his own. And I'm telling you, if I had a fantasy team right now, I wouldn't take a single one of these Buccaneers receivers um, in my top three picks. I don't think I would. Because it's going to be inconsistent from week to week. He's got to divvy it out to three guys. And Antonio Brown only had one reception for 17 yards despite dominating last week. And so he has, it's not that they're bad. But it's that week to week what's, routes are going to change and coverages and what whatnot. And, and Brady's going to hit different guys. And Gronk was the man this week. So Gronk I would probably take before those guys. Just based because he's a tight end, and if you want a tight end, you know, he might be the guy to go with, with Brady trying to give him uh, a lot of shots in there. How about these three games? The Cardinals, the uh, Vikings game, then the Titans-Seahawks game, and the Cowboys and Chargers. I watched the Cardinals and the Cowboys game just as they both ended. The Vikings missed the game-winning field goal. The Cardinals got the win. Kyler Murray was insane again, and I think Kyler Murray could be your MVP favorite so far. 29-36, 400 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. I think he's going to be the MVP favorite this year. Not so far now that I think about it because he did have two interceptions, but he put up a lot of points with an offense that really just dominated. Christian Kirk, three receptions, 65 yards. Hopkins, four receptions, 54 yards. That's not incredible. What's incredible is Ramon uh, Rondale Moore, who had a 77-yard reception, had – and went, had seven receptions, 114 yards, and that 77-yard reception was a touchdown. Hopkins had a touchdown, and so did A.J. Green. His first touchdown coming back into the NFL 
with the Cardinals and another heartbreaking loss for the Vikings. Kirk Cousins, 344 yards, three TDs, no interceptions. Titans and Seahawks. The Seahawks got outscored big time in the second half, man. 21 to 6, and including all overtime, 24 to 6 after halftime. Tannehill, 347 yards. Wow, man. Tannehill was on the money. How about Derrick Henry? 47 fantasy points, three touchdowns, 35 carries. 182 yards. He had a 60-yard run. Julio Jones is getting that chemistry down. He had one touchdown that was called back. Should have been a touchdown. Six receptions, 128 yards. And Derrick Henry, six receptions, 55 yards. Oh, my gosh. And they took down the Seahawks. Prayers go out to, I believe it was um, his training and conditioning coach, Russell Wilson. Uh, his training and conditioning coach sends him uh, a text before every game. Good luck on number three. And um, he passed away from cancer uh, earlier this week, I believe. And he was only 47 years old. So prayers go out to him and his family, um, you know, his family, friends, uh, with with all they're, they're going through right now. Um, I, I just, just praying for them right now. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure he was a tremendous guy. Obviously, I didn't know him, but he was, you know, the way that, that Russell Wilson described him, and I'm sure he was a fantastic guy. Um, I believe that um, he had, uh, I believe he had, um, uh, so I, I, wait one second, training and conditioning. I believe he had kids. Ivan Lewis. Was it Ivan Lewis? Let me see. Right here. Excuse me. Mental. Excuse me. I don't. I want to get this right. Seahawks. This is from ESPN. Russell Wilson mourns the loss of mental conditioning coach and his best friend Trevor Malwad. He said that Malwad was Wilson's longtime uh, mentoring coach, business partner, and now in the quarterback's words, his best friend. Um, let's see. Wilson spoke for eight minutes straight about Malwad. First recalling when they met in 2012, he said, from that moment ever since, he's been my best friends. He credits Malwad for helping them move past. Uh, that lost to the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Um, just a, a terrible loss. Um, Trevor Mowad. Um. I believe his wife was uh, Solange Mowad. I don't know if they had any kids or not, but obviously prayers got to their their um, family. All, all, all those, his loved ones, prayers and, and um, just, just, you know, prayers. And I'm sure he was a great guy. So we've lost 
really a, a great guy in the NFL community. For, and the battle of the cancer is is something that that is really just. I, I mean, it's it is something that 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 you really can't. Obviously, there's nothing there's nothing that that you can do about that, and and that's the most terrible thing. Is that there's there's nothing that that you can do. It's not something that you bring upon yourself, whatsoever. And so, I really prayers for his family and loved ones because to see a loss like that so young to something that that wasn't wasn't um, you know self inflicted whatsoever and had nothing to do with the wrongful doing of another one. Just a, a, a disease that that takes so many lives every year uh, with cancer. So prayers, prayers for him and his family. And uh, now we'll um, talking about that game with Russell Wilson. Obviously, he was very, very emotional, and and he he, he had two touchdowns, three hundred forty-three yards, twenty-two of thirty-one. Um, you know, he played well. Tyler Lockett was a beast. Eight receptions, one hundred and seventy-eight yards. And a touchdown. So, you know, they they played with heavy hearts and, and played in in a tough game there. But uh, the game after that one obviously was the Cowboys and the Chargers, and um, the Cowboys prevailed in that one. Dak Prescott, two hundred thirty seven yards, uh, an interception, no touchdowns, twenty three of twenty seven, and uh, you know I, I really got to go after Mike McCarthy's uh, coaching at the end of the game because they they were down in um. They were in in uh, Charger territory at about the 40, 40, maybe it was the 38-yard line, 40-yard, yeah, it was like, excuse me, like the 30, 38-yard line, and that ends up being a 56-yard kick, which is what it ended up being. 33 seconds, and what they did was they ran it to the right, and it was like a second and, second and short, and I'm thinking... Throw the ball. You have one timeout, 33 seconds. All you have to do is throw the ball. Everybody knows you either go deep and try and make something happen, or you stay conservative, no interceptions. You just throw a little flick pass down the middle. You get into field goal range. You throw something towards the sideline, get out of bounds, throw another play. Then you take the timeout and do whatever. Or what you do is you pick up a first down because it was a second down. You pick up a first down, 10 yards downfield. Get down there, spike the ball, run another play, and then you call the timeout. And with four seconds, then you kick the field goal. They got lucky because Mike McCarthy said, you know, we, we executed it well. No, no, you didn't, buddy. You said there were problems with the, the Amari Cooper injury or whatever it was at the end of the game. You executed that terribly. That was not because of that injury. Because the clock stopped at 33 seconds. And then you said, hey, let's just run it to the right side. If you're at, like, the 25-yard line, sure, you can do that. You are in field goal range. You're lucky that Zerline made that kick. You're very lucky, and the fact that he made that kick it was was huge for the Cowboys. But the point being is that they they did not play well, and I was very disappointed with Mike McCarthy. Uh, they didn't play well overall as a team, um, but they got the job done. Tony Pollard was really the star of the game. Eight, uh, 13 carries, 109 yards. C.D. Lamb played well, eight receptions, 81 yards. They didn't play great, but they played good enough. So they got the job done, and I think the Cowboys have already made a huge improvement from last year. But they got to play better. The coach has got to be better. Mike McCarthy's got to be better. Uh, the Chiefs looked really good. Their offense did, uh, like always. Mahomes, three hundred forty-three yards, three touchdowns, one reception. Um, Travis Kelsey had one hundred and nine yards. 
seven receptions. There was nothing at Tyreek Hill with three receptions for 14 yards, which is odd. But the offense did perform high, as always. However, they lost the game. They gave up 36 points to Baltimore. That was the kicker. Lamar Jackson really had absolute... I'm getting a stupid YouTube thing. Um, Lamar Jackson really has nobody. And he had 16 carries, 107 yards, two touchdowns. Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, six receptions, 113 yards. Watkins had four receptions, 44 yards. Andrew, five receptions, 57 yards. So you see he's working with nothing. And I really want to see him have a dominant wide receiver. If he had Julio Jones or something like that, or even Antonio Brown, I'm telling you, man, he might be a whole different quarterback. But right now, you know, he got the job done. And that goes to say, you're going to see Shuckers. I don't. I still don't think the Ravens are going to make the playoffs. I think it's just too tough of a schedule where they have to still have to face the Steelers twice, the Browns twice, and the Bengals twice. And I don't see them being able to carry a winning record through those games. I, I, I don't think they will. I think they could pick up maybe one against every team. Um maybe, but I don't see them carrying a winning record, so, uh, but Lamar Jackson dominates, man, Lamar Jackson really comes in there, and he changes the game, and he threw those two interceptions in the early half, had negative points, but came back and just flipped the script, and that was the main thing, and the Ravens got the victory, and um, right now, the game is about to start for the Lions and the Packers, so um, my prediction is going to be the Packers, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a huge back, back, Bounce back game. Uh, Zedaria Smith is out, the linebacker for the Packers. I'm expecting a big game from DeAndre Swift. Had a good one uh, to open up the season where he had uh, eight receptions, 65 yards, I believe it was, and um, ran the ball a few times, like 11 carries or 10 carries, uh, 39 yards, something like that. He looked all right. Um, I'm expecting a lot from the Packers offense. I'm expecting them to dominate the Lions. I'm expecting it to be like. Uh, 37 to 17 or something like that. I really think the Packers are going to come out and get it done. I like Jared Goff from week one, how he looked in the second half. He played well. I'm not expecting that same play, but I'm expecting him to play good enough to, uh, you know, not be terrible. But I, I don't believe they're going to get the victory in this one. I think the Packers are going to dominate. I think Aaron comes, Rodgers comes back, throws over 300 yards uh, with, you know, all the stuff about him being washed out, not trying. Devontae Adams, I think, is going to look good. Aaron Jones is going to look good. The battle of two running backs who, who played well, um, you know, last season for their time being. Two guys who can catch the ball and run the ball. Two guys that could finish as top 10 running backs this year. I like what I see. I, I think the Packers are going to get the job done, though. 37-17 to 17 is my prediction. I think it's going to be a blowout. And um, we'll see, but Packers got a lot, man. They got a lot of offense, so I'm going with the Packers. So thank you, everyone, for watching this podcast. We'll have more bits throughout the week. We didn't get to any last week. This week, I'm looking at breaking down the wildcard race. It's an interesting one right now. We'll be talking about the NFL, uh, too. We'll be having stuff on Rookie of the Year, which really so far isn't dominant in any position through or any certain player. But we'll be talking about that and different stuff. So thank you guys for listening. And um, I will see you all in the next one. And um, that's it for the Boston Sports Stats and Stuff podcast episode two with your host, Nathan Chartier.